a Lifetime original podcast. You met Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, we can get into it. Oh, yeah, we, we will get into it. That sounds amazing. I love a Lifetime movie. Shannon tells Jade she's smart, and Jade snaps back, I'm not smart. The <laughs> tattoo crew queen herself, Jade. Q2 dopes definitely don't know how to shoot someone and then keep them alive. I wish everyone had called 911 in this movie. For running a poker game, his poker face is very bad. In no world did I think his name was going to be Vern. <laughs> this is a Chrishell listing. <laughs> Who the hell sent you? No one. I swear. I don't want to have to hurt you. You seem like a really nice lady and everything, but I get the feeling that you're lying to me. I'm not. I swear to you. Is all that stuff about your daughter true? Yes. Please. You might be able to help me. I'm a businessman. What's it worth to you? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? How much is it worth to you? Anything. Whatever you want. I like the sound of that. Welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your co-hosts, Megan Gailey, and so excited to welcome back. I heard we had great chemistry. It's like the freaking Bachelor over here. The hilarious from 911, equally hilarious, Brian Safi. Hi! I am so stoked to be back for another one-on-one with you. I have to be honest, it's so rare that a contestant gets a one-on-one twice. I know. And here we are. I know, because usually they'd get a one-on-one and then maybe a two-on-one. And then I'd have yeah. to send um, someone home. It, you know, it's my dream to be the first married bachelorette. Oh, so it's just basically you picking out... Just dating. An affair. Just dating and not just dating. sexually. Just be like, listen, I do have a husband who I love a lot. But like, yeah, <laughs> I just w- I want to meet these men and know what doofuses they are in real life. Uh- by the way, so do I. I don't want to marry any of them, but I do want the attention. Yes. I'm not going to lie to you. I do want the fawning. And I just feel like a lot of times I don't like their dresses. And so it's like, yeah. I just think that you and I were in entertainment. You know, we, we live in LA. We could bring something to it that like these people, and, and it used to be like second runner up. Now it's like you came in 10th place. It's like, who is this bitch? Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. We would bring the razzle, the dazzle, the skedaddle uh, in the whole situation. Yes. And I get very upset, too, because um, I think you know this. I'm a I'm a sporty spice. I love sports. And so they'll be like this ex NFL player. And it's a man I've never seen, never heard of. And then I look up and it's like, this is a nobody. I've had sex with better NFL players. Right. He was like in a spring training. Shocked. I know what that means, but I know that it means spring training is baseball, but it it, it oh. crosses. No, he was in. Well, like, don't they do like summers in Miami and they, then they do they'll tra- play this there's, season? There's training camp. Okay, yeah. And then there's practice squad. So if you don't Got make it. like the NFL roster, the 53 man roster, you'll get put on the practice squad and they're always from the practice squad. Yeah. Okay, so today's movie, I mean, it, we're going blast from the past all the way because our special guest today is going to be one of my older brothers. This is not only a courageous and brave act, it's also a very vulnerable one, Megan. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm impressed. I'm really scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's both of my older brothers are very intense. Sure. And so one of them will be here. And I do have to tell you, I texted Naomi earlier this week. I said, <sighs> my brother, it, my older brother is going to be a guest on the podcast on Thursday. And she goes, are we recording on Thursday? And I go, well, 
Brian and I are. And she goes, Thank you, this Megan. Is I'm so not glad okay. you got that in. She, I am so glad you got that in over she, her. I, anything I can have to hold over her head, I am here for it. She is so furious. I have never seen a black woman be so upset to be meeting to not be meeting a white man named Michael. Like you know just- what? <laughs> it's it's really that's what I'm saying. She is honestly, every time I think of her. I gain like 25 pounds because I, I eat so furiously when I think about her that I, I can't even think while I'm eating. Okay. <laughs> I'm holding my giant belly. <laughs> I felt I, because it, it was jiggling a little bit and it made me feel like laughing at my dear friend and my belly jiggling while I laugh. I was like, I feel like a sultan. <laughs> so today's film is called Kidnapped by a Classmate. Uh. The log line goes a little like this. Brooke is starting over in a new town with her mom and wealthy stepdad, thank you, when she befriends a new guy she meets at school, which leads to her being abducted from her own home. Yikes. It spells it out. <laughs> it really, it, it lets it you know, lets what's, you know what's happening. And they're, they're going right to the fear because my biggest fear growing up was that I would get kidnapped. I think a lot of kids have that. Really? Yeah. It wasn't yours. Was just, it your dream? It no, may have been my dream slash nightmare to be kidnapped. I'm not sure which. I just don't think that I thought I had the personality to be kidnapped. And my mom was just like always so much in my shit that it's right. like, they're not going to take me. Like, no, of course not. They don't want to be they dealing with this bitch. No. I got it. Um, but I've said this on the podcast before. There was a girl in my hometown. It was at a Kmart who grabbed a tooth toothpaste in it that was a bomb and it exploded. What? Yeah. And so that was so that was a fear. Um, She survived. And this. Yeah. Naomi was like, this cannot be true. And made me like do my due diligence and like pull up a news article. (laughs) And I was like, this is not a fever dream I made up. This happened in my hometown. Wow. Okay, so you can watch Kidnapped by a Classmate on Lifetime Movie Club. Go to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast to sign up if you haven't already. What are you doing? You got to go to it. Oh, boy. Another doozy of a film. So, Brian, we got to get into it. Let's do it, Megan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, so we open on a skyline. At first I said, what is this skyline? And then I was like, this is Lawson. This is our hometown, baby. I know, me too. I honestly wanted to like look up what that skyline was because I was like, it looks oddly familiar. Meanwhile, we're like 10 minutes from it. I (laughs) can see it from my house. What's that? Because here's the thing, Los Angeles has multiple skylines. There's downtown. I guess technically Beverly Hills has a skyline. Yeah. And then Century Century City. City. It's a lot of skylines, so I got to tell you, when you show me just one, I don't know what I'm looking at. I, You know how I know it's L.A.? The Hollywood sign and the observatory. That's yeah. I know it's L.A. I will tell you this. The first shot was the skyline at night, and as far as I'm concerned, anything that starts in the skyline at night in Los Angeles Oof. does not bode well because we're already in the underbelly yeah. of 
LA. So then we see very like disturbing, creepy shots of a girl. She's running from someone. And then we see a dining room chair that has been abandoned, but has like ripped tape restraints on it. The chair really gave me like mid 2010s real Housewives of Orange County dining room set. Absolutely. Because it was obvious this chair had seen some stuff. Yeah. Velvet studded on the sides. It's like, yeah. Okay, that's a hefty dining room chair. We're not we're not talking mid-century mod. No, we're talking fabric on the walls, you know? Yeah. Okay, so then the title card says 36 hours earlier. And I'm like, that's it? Oh my God. Like, that's <laughs> truly, this bitch gets kidnapped in less than 36 hours of being and at I a will new say, in school? case I understated it, the beginning shots of her when she's running through this house are actually legitimately scary. Like, yes. I, it was oh, kind of scary. Yeah, I was spooked. I was watching it on a Friday night. Um, yeah, totally. And so this is this daytime. We have upbeat music and we see the same girl from the opening shot. Her name is Brooke and she is casually coming down a staircase. Now, Brian, do you own or do you rent? I own. <gasps> it's a little bit of a cheat because I own a condo. I am not a homeowner. <gasps> I'm a condo owner. Oh my god! Oh my god! So, I didn't can you think even... of anything sexier than having a condo in LA? I mean, Me I I just can't even believe that I rattled on about my high school golf career when I'm speaking to an LA homeowner ish condo owner. I have to say it. Okay, but thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm very rich, very rich. We need to set up because this film has okay. a lot of class war happening, and absolutely, and this like she's coming down. I mean. This is a this is a Valley Village selling Sunset House. This is a Crochelle listing. This is a multi-million dollar yes. home. Um, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like, this is a nice house, but like I'm seeing the staircase. I'm like, this is four million minimum. In Los Angeles, are you kidding yeah. me? For, I think that's actually a good estimate. Four million minimum. Yeah. So I'm immediately like drawn into what's happening. And they're just like being so cash about it and seem so regular that I'm like, who are you? Is your dad? Yeah. Does he coach for the Lakers? What's going on? Sure. Did your mom try to get you into college by cheating? You know exactly. what I mean? That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. Um. So her mom is having coffee and she's like waiting for her. They chit chat and Brooke's wanting to make new friends. She's cute. She's fun. She lives in a $4 million house. She's going to make new friends. And I got to tell you also, just in terms of protagonists in movies, I actually really like Brooke. Yes. Off the bat, I really like her. Yes. And they do a lot to make us like her throughout the thing. Because I bet you guys are hearing rich girl. What? <laughs> True. There's a twist on that. Okay. Right. And not to worry, she is a brunette. So she's a little more. Yes. And it's short. And it's short. And it's and it's, and it's curly, which Patty Stanger would say men don't like. Um, so that's the million. <laughs> Did you ever watch Millionaire Matchmaker? Are you kidding? Only every episode. I she'd be like, "Yeah, it's curly. You got to get rid of it." And it's like, Patty, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna be single till the day you die. Let her have a wave. Also, Patty, we don't forget the bangs you had. So you know, right? Uh, glass houses. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so business stepdad comes in, and um, he's handsome. Very handsome. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Hey, aren't you gonna be late for your interview at the youth center? Oh, they pushed it to 11. The mom is very nervous about it. The mom, very likable too. And asked the dad if she can use him, like use a recommendation from him. And at this point, I'm like, is the dad the mayor? Like, I'm like, what, (laughs) what, what kind of strings can he pull? He's got some pull. Then we get kind of this backstory, the setting the table of like, 
Oh, okay, so the stepdad is rich. Look at this. You can't wear this. I need to take you shopping. Uh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Brooke, we can afford it. It's okay. Yeah. Forget. <laughs> Brooke's hole in her jean jacket was the reason they were going to go shopping to get a new jean jacket, but it was on the seam. Yeah. That would Honestly, they could have just repaired that. I also think, um, and I know I'm going to sound elderly, I think the young kids like holes. You're going to die, Megan. Imagine my surprise when I was walking through a mall recently. And I saw that they were selling jeans with holes already in them. Okay. Like a heart attack. I'm yes. like a heart attack. Okay. So it's like the kids like holes. I didn't. Yeah. I did not look at that jacket and go, Brooke used to be poor. And then I'm also like, can we get a location that they moved from? Are we talking out of state? Are we right. talking like, are we going to name drop a suburb that's like not as good? Because it's like anywhere in the LA sure. vicinity. City of industry. Is I mean, yeah. Where right. have they been? We're talking yeah. Inland Empire. Where did you come from? Right. Exactly. Then we see, Ro- I thought it was Rosedale High. Later in the film, they call it Rosedale High. And, yes, that was confusing. And it's it's like outside, the, it, it looks nice. It's definitely giving a little bit of 90210 vibes. The kids are all having like a nice time. And by the way, I also have to say, as far as like, I'm kind of scared of teenagers. They make me very nervous. This was a friendly group of teenagers at this high school. Like they looked really approachable. I, I liked them. Yeah, and it it seemed public school. Or yes. at least like maybe magnet because they were all wearing clothes they wanted to. I mean, my yeah. my husband and I, we were out for a walk just before we came. I came back in to record this and we live a block from a high school or a middle school. And it had let out and he was like, we got to go. Like he like we were like, oh, I don't I all I, the only way I could go through a middle school parking lot is like in a Pope mobile, but just like full bulletproof glass. Although I'd be, I'm too scared. OK, so then. Corey, new character, runs directly into her, and they have this really special little meet cue. Um, oh, did you study for that quiz today? Nope. Well, it's not gonna affect my D average, though, so. Wow. My mom would kill me for anything less than a B, so. Oh, yeah? Wanna mom swap? Yeah. I was kidding. I know. That's <laughs> fun. Yeah, totally fun. If I knew what this was going to lead to, I would not be into it. But I was like, oh, she wants to make friends. And like, here's this guy. He seems nice. And they're giving like flirty eyes and sort of having that like. So he like, he like thinks she's sexy, that she likes to study hard. Like, I like them. Yes. I do. I, I, I like them both. Yes. Okay. So then friend Eric walks up and he's like. That new girl's way out of your league. You know, she lives in Westmont, right? Her family's like loaded. Eric's so cute, by the way. Eric's really cute. Would you have new kids at your school and know their financial histories? It's a good question. I don't think so. No, I'm going to say no. But I also went to a school with like a uniform and stuff. So, oh, okay. So the playing field was leveled. Yeah. So I couldn't tell by clothing necessarily. I was like, Eric wouldn't know that. And I was like, I guess he would. In LA, though, it's like if you're all in this district, you're all probably rich. True. Okay. And plus, like, I do feel like if you're if you go to this high school regularly, you do sort of case out who's new pretty quickly and what they're I mean, it's so easy now. You just go on Facebook and find out who these people are. Yeah, so it's a different world. I do feel like I do feel like he he could have clocked it. So then Brooke gets approached by Fiona, who is giving off rich girl vibes. Oh, she's giving off and and mean girl vibes to be honest. Yes. She's got major teen tood. If anything, I wanted more Fiona in this film. Me too. I just want to make sure you heard about the class ski trip. Oh, cool. It's like spring break in the winter. All inclusive, minimal supervision. Everybody's gonna be there. 
And then she walks past Corey and Eric and Corey's like, can I get one? And she fully ignores him. And I was like, I think this is a fun comedy beat. <laughs> oh, me too, for sure. Also, just that she instantly, because she's sort of like poor shaming him probably. Yeah. But she's doing a very sort of like 80s, 90s teen movies move here. And I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. So then Shannon, the mom, is at the youth center, and she's interviewing, and she's really impressing the interviewer. You worked at a youth detention facility, correct? Before I moved here, yes. Oh. I learned a lot. <laughs> Mostly what a challenge it can be to reach these kids, especially at first. How were you able to connect them? Initially, by giving them space. You know, they're guarded, understandably so, but then it's just a lot of listening. Mm. Honestly, they just want to be heard. I agree. And so we sort of see, like, oh, she's definitely going to get hired here. Yeah. But then she meets the one, the only, Jade. Thank you so much for coming in today, Mrs. Moore. We'll be in touch. Great. Let me walk you out. You hustling for a job? Trust me, you don't want to work here. Jade, please. It's okay. Why not? It looks nice, but it's a dump. The food stinks and it's too damn noisy. I get it. Wondering if you're going to be moved someplace new, not knowing when or where, makes it hard to attach. Sure. It's okay. That's Jade. I just can't imagine being this invested in someone's like interview. You trying to get a job here, bitch? Um, yeah. Jade. Love Jade. Love the energy love she's Jade. bringing. And I also love this mom saves the world trope. Because, like, the interviewer, he tries to, like, apologize. And Shannon's like, it's okay. Oh, God. I know. And also, uh, Jade I love because she's tough, but she you can tell she's not trouble. No. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's just a, a girl who's had a hard life, but you can tell she's not going to, like, raise hell. Yes. Okay, so then we're at a new house. And we hear a voicemail playing. This is Jacob, your loan officer, returning your call. I'm sorry, Mr. Gilbert. You've already got a double mortgage. There's no further equity to pull from the loan. And then we see a tattooed blonde man who is, this is the first time we're seeing him, and then he goes to make a phone call. So it it appears, though, he calls to kind of like a, a mansion in the hills. We see yeah, like, like a, a five-story crazy man. Yes. We see sort of like a hot, strung-out girl laying poolside, and then a scraggly-haired, different tattooed man answers. Where's my 18 grand? I told you I'm working on it. And scraggly guy says, you got 24 hours, and then yells to the girl poolside, get up here. And I did like this. She's like, not right now. <laughs> Me too. She had some ownership. I was nervous yeah. for her. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm laying by the pool. And I'm like, okay. Definitely. I don't remember what the lead singer of Metallica looks like, but he's giving off that kind of vibe, like in their prime. Yeah. The long hair, that sort of, yeah. So they hang up. And so tattooed blondie guy, I I'll tell his name is Hunter. We don't know it at the time, but his name is Hunter. So he's off yeah. the phone now. He takes a beer out. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's not in high school or he's just like a really bad boy. And then he takes a gun and a knife from a sock drawer. And at this point, I'm like, who is this man? Like, who is this man? We've set up this whole high school world. And now we are with this criminal who we've seen be on the phone multiple times. and We have no idea who he is. I'm going to tell you this. As far as him being a criminal, yes, obviously, yes, 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 and yes. However, I did kind of feel for him. I mean, he was behind on his mortgage times so much. It was clear that probably 
even though he wasn't in high school, he he wouldn't be living in a house like that on his own. Like I, I did wonder where his parents. And so I did sort of feel sorry for him, even though he's an absolute troublemaker for sure. Yeah. And he has a bit of a baby face, too. He does. He, he was actually kind of cute, I thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so now we're back at school. The history quiz is about to start, but Corey isn't in class. Then we see an unknown hand, obviously Corey, pull the fire alarm, and then the teacher's just like, well, quiz is canceled. I guess we'll do it Monday. And I'm like, in what world would that work? Are you kidding? They would make, if, if it were my school, they would have made us do the quiz outside. There's no way a teacher ever lets you be delinquent on a pop quiz. I feel like my school, the teacher would have like, okay, no smoke start the quiz yeah. or it's like you're outside for five minutes you start the quiz i'm like how long are these periods five yeah, exactly. minutes how long is this quiz and then it's like of course all they're gonna do is pull the fire alarm all the time yeah i mean you have set up something so bulletproof at this point why not okay so now we're back with hunter we still don't know his name is hunter but i'm telling you it is because i look up imdb.com so right. we see hunter he's got his gun he robs a cell phone delivery truck Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you serious? Whoa, 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 whoa. you don't want to do that. I'm sorry, just take it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Your phone, your wallet, too. It's okay, go. okay. Come on. So this is where I think, like, Hunter, you're cute, and I was feeling badly for you, but you've taken it a step too far now. And this is only the beginning. I have, like, a really soft spot in my heart for just delivery people. Well, yeah. Mail packages like i think obviously the election endeared us to them tiktok has made a lot of them covid has endeared us to them the whole thing you're absolutely right and so when i saw this guy i was like come on man but it's like yeah just he's like i'm not gonna get shot over a box of burner phones but when he was stealing the burner phone i'm like this is not 18 grand worth (laughs) you know like you're taking baby bites here yeah this is probably like an 800 dollars box of phones yeah um, so then Hunter meets a giant bald man in an alley. This is all daytime, too. I want you to know all these crimes, holding up the van, meeting in the alley, bright Los Angeles daytime. This is late morning, 11.30 a.m. If yes. it's in June, we have that June gloom, so then it's probably 3 p.m. Runners yeah. out, babies, nannies. Um, so yeah. he gives big old baldy the burners, and then he flashes the gun. Let's say I take it all. Your cash and these phones. Oh, uh, okay, easy. Yeah. I'll give you the cash. Yeah. It's everything I've got. And then Hunter stabs him. Horrifying. I couldn't believe it. Just straight up, presumably, kills this man in this alley with over this box of phones, which I don't understand. If someone pulled a gun on me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to go against the dead bald man. I wouldn't mess around with it. I think, um, yeah, I'm wondering if in the hierarchy of crime, Baldy is higher. And he's like, if this dude kills me, like there's, he's done. The boss boss is going to get it. But yeah, I, yeah. If someone pulls a gun on me and, and, and again, uh, the amount of cash he gets from him, not 18 grand. So I'm like, no, probably like $3,000. What, what are you doing, Hunter? Yeah. Now it's lunchtime back at the high school and Fiona does not sit with Brooke. Brooke is sitting alone, which is kind of annoying. But Fiona's playing her part. You know, I mean, we love Fiona for being Fiona. Yeah. But finally, Corey does sit down with her, which is very sweet. Hey, did you pull that alarm earlier? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
I heard you're really good at history. The thing is, I suck. Can you help me? He, he just was worried about her quiz, which is very cute. And then this is where history runs its course and all the children watching learn a lesson about the one and only Charles Lindbergh. In 1932, his infant son was kidnapped for ransom. The whole country was on edge. Everyone wanted to see if the baby would come home. Oh, that's messed up. What happened? We're gonna have to read it to find out. Or we can meet up, study together before the Monday quiz. Okay, great. Now, I'm very excited that this was in this film because Me too. recently my my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were visiting us and he tried to tell me that I was wrong about the Lindbergh baby and some like that the Lindbergh like he wasn't a pilot or something. And I was like, no, he was a pilot and there was a baby that was kidnapped. And I was like, listen, I don't have it all. I did not study for the quiz like Corey, but I knew no. I was right. And he's like, no, he like thought it was a fully, completely different name. And then I'd forgotten about it. And then when I saw it in this film, I was like, I'm going to text Norm to be like, no, I was right. By the way, uh, Charles Lindbergh, that trial was considered the trial of the century. Yes. Pre-OJ. Way pre-OJ. and b- But same century. And but they jumped the gun because that was the early part true, of the 20th true, century. True, true, I wouldn't true. have called it that if I had 50 plus years left in that century personally. But <laughs> also, I heard an urban legend that the Lindbergh baby was Tony Danza. Oh my God. God. But it's a good one to spread. I definitely have heard that it's like that it did live and that it folded right. into society in some way. Yeah, right. Okay. So okay. they so they set a date and then he makes a dig about how like, of course she's going shopping. They love shopping. Yes. Everyone and, loves shopping. And Brooke is like, listen, it's my stepdad's money. And FYI, when I was a kid, we needed food stamps to buy groceries and we lived in a tiny one bedroom apartment. Sorry, I, I overstepped. Okay. And Corey's like, damn, I didn't see that coming. She's seen it. She's lived it. She's looked at life from both sides now. Yeah. We know that about Brooke. Okay. So later that night, Corey starts texting Brooke because they've exchanged numbers. And we see Corey's house. It is nice. And it is big. And I am very confused. I don't care where in greater LA this house is. This is a $2 million house. It's, It's Victorian. Yeah. It has like and a wraparound porch. And all they keep talking about is how ugly and poor their furniture is, which makes me think that they have champagne taste on a beer budget. I And, and like the house isn't dirty. There's no. not like soot on the walls. There's not weird true detective drawings. It is like no. clean, tidy. It is bigger. Nice furniture. It is bigger and more expensive than the rental I live in. No, for sure. And I... I I got to say, I, I wouldn't want to lose that home either. So I again, I sort of get Hunter's point of view here, because why would anyone want to lose that fabulous home? Oof, okay. So they flirt via text. Mom Shannon comes out and she's like, well, anything you want, it's coming out of my first paycheck. You got the job? Not yet, but I'm feeling really good about it. <laughs> good. <laughs> so who are you texting? Old friends? A new friend. Again, Shannon cannot stop talking about shopping in this, which I love. Like, she loves this new life she has. Who could blame her for it, even for a second? But she's all in on the stepdad and what this has now afforded her, which I think is wonderful. Uh, So then Corey is looking at Brooke's social media, which, by the way, her social media is a knockout. Yeah. Every picture on there is fabulous. And Eric is, like, still being a hater, being like, Corey, she doesn't like you. She said she's going to study with you, not go to the prom. Why are you so negative? Just being straight up. That's what friends do. 
Oh, great. Hunter's home. And then Hunter comes in, older brother, which we now know. Yes. And calls them. Hunter and Corey are brothers. We find this out. And Hunter's the older brother who, I mean, who wouldn't want to impress? Like, I get that. I have an older brother like that. You know, and all you ever wanted to do was like fit in and also protect them because you feel as though they're protecting you. So Hunter comes in, calls them both losers, but then he sees Brooke's Facebook page, which is gorgeous. What her parents do? They must be loaded, right? Nah, I mean, her stepdad's loaded, but I guess I don't really know what he does. Uh, she, she lives in Westmont. She's crazy rich off the charts. Eric is not helping anything yet. No, I'm like, Eric, you, you're to blame. Meanwhile, Brooke and and Shannon have finally shopped. Yes. They're admiring all their pur- purchases. The stepdad, as we know, is rich. And then they're talking about the boy Brooke was texting. Uh, well, anyway, me and that guy were just friends. Sort of. Oh. Okay. Well, so you are at least making friends at school. It was one conversation. One friend. Don't get too excited. Wait, before I forget. Do... I think I want to go on this class ski trip. Then Shannon, the mother, asks, are there going to be chaperones there? And Brooke is like, not everyone is like these juvenile delinquents you work with. They're not delinquents, Brooke. They just haven't been as fortunate as you have. Okay, look, Mom, I had to leave all of my friends back home. And now you won't let me go on this stupid ski trip where I could quite possibly make a friend or maybe even two friends. Who knows? I did not think Shannon was being unreasonable. No. Like, of course, if there were absolutely in no world is my teen daughter I don't care if she's a junior, senior, whatever, going on a ski trip unchaperoned with a bunch of hooligans. Brooke is being unreasonable here. Yeah. Safe to say. I think it's hormonal. Um, Okay, so then I love this twist. The youth center calls and they need Shannon's help ASAP. Has she been hired? No. Thank you for coming on such short notice. She missed curfew again last night. She's been spending all her free time at this shady tattoo parlor. And to top it off, Jade skipped school yesterday for the fourth time in two weeks. And that's why Shannon is there, to specifically meet with Jade. And the boss is like, consider this your training. So then the boys, meanwhile. I don't think this is a good idea. What? I just want to see where Corey's no girlfriend lives. She's not my girlfriend. And she's not home. She's shopping with her mom. Wow. Look at that. All right, all right. Parker here, Parker here. Hunter puts on a hat. A logoless hat, which logo-less you hat. know someone is up to no good when they're in a logoless hat. And that is why I do not trust the Watt brothers of the NFL. They are always in logoless hats, logoless bomber jackets. And it's like, you look like a criminal. And this is how Hunter is dressed. Definitely. If I knew those reference points, I would agree with you 100%. Thank you. But guess what? I'm going to. Anyway. And then Eric has the audacity to blame Corey. And I'm like, no, Eric, I blame you. You're the one that's like, she doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. Oh, yeah, she's really rich. And it's like, you know, Hunter's a criminal. Yeah, you're falling right into it. And by the way, because I do feel for Eric, he's a little puny. I feel like he's trying to impress Hunter, but bad moves all around. Yeah, we are cutting back to the youth center. Um, and I I just want to clarify for those that haven't seen the film, when Jade and Shannon met in the first um, like scene that they were in, Jade did not seem warm to Shannon. <laughs> like It's not like she liked her. She not, not at all. Shannon did not get through to her. So the fact in that fact, he's- the bo- She was so rude to Shannon that the boss noticed and was like, okay, Jade clearly doesn't like Shannon, yes. but that all changes. And then he's like, I got to call Shannon in. And it's like, <laughs> what? So- Shannon is trying to, like, get through to Jade, and Jade says, 
I don't care about school, period. I feel more at home with my tattoo crew. They're like the only family I have. Tattoo crew, what do you mean tattoo crew? They let me draw art for them. It's like a family, a home, unlike this place. So you don't like it here? All I want to do is talk about the tattoo crew for a second because this is where we realize Jade is part not only of a tattoo crew, but in the way that crews can be, this is her Fast and Furious. This is yeah, a real family. family for her, the tattoo crew. She she says tattoo yeah. crew so many times. So many times. Shannon promises Jade that even though Jade could like try harder at this and be a better person here, she basically says Jade, and this is a quote, can have more than a tattoo crew. Like Jade should aim higher than tattoo crews. And it's like, listen, Shannon, I don't think you've seen Ink Master, which I know did have to get canceled because I believe two of the three judges had problematic behavior. Undoubtedly. <laughs> undoubtedly. <laughs> um, but Shannon tells Jade she's smart, and Jade snaps back, I'm not smart. <laughs> <laughs> which is just like. Jade, come on, honey. And then, and then Shannon's like, I accept you. And then gives this bordering on deranged monologue. You've taken care of yourself all these years, haven't you? So, street smarts, instincts, intuition, that's intelligence. Look, I'm here now. I accept you. You can have more than a tattoo crew. You can have a real family, a real home. We can find that for you together. And this works on Jade. By the way, one other question about the tattoo crew, really quickly. Does Jade even have a tattoo? No. That's so wild. Jade has like boxed red hair, which I guess they're like, that says tattoo crew. So now Hunter is breaking in to Brooke's house. He slides the back door open and suddenly Brooke hears something. She goes to see what it is, as anyone would do. But then she comes face to face with Hunter. Mom? Oh, you must be Brooke. What are you doing in my house? What are you doing home? You're supposed to be shopping. So she runs up the stairs. She locks herself in a room. She calls her mom. I can't pick up. Why don't you just unlock the door? How do you know my name? Unlock the door, open the door. You know, I can explain everything. How does that sound? Suddenly, Hunter opens the door, and she's so smart, Brooke, because I would never think to do this. She basically takes, like, you know, air freshener, like Lysol or Glade or whatever it is, sprays him in the eyes with this. But then Hunter drags her away and holds a gun to her. So Brooke is forced into the car by Hunter. And Hunter tells Corey, drive, drive, drive. Please don't kill me. Where'd you get that? I told you we should split. Please just let me out. Stop it. I can't think right now. Just stop. Shut up. But Eric, we all know you caused this a little bit. Yeah. And Brooke is like, Corey, what the hell's going on? Because she sees him. She's like, what are you doing? We were You just set off the fire alarm for me this morning. Now you're going to be kidnapped? So a few things. I wish she'd called 911 instead of her mom. I wish everyone had called 911 in this movie, which we'll get to. Yeah. I can't imagine because like, I guess I've never been kidnapped, knocking on wood. Um, Now I'd be mom napped to get into a car and you're like, oh, this is my friend? Yeah. This is my new friend. Yeah. The one friend I've made, we I, I meet him and that day get kidnapped. 
Oh boy. Okay. So Shannon did get a call, like heard something, and then she just keeps trying to call back. So she gets yeah. home. The house is empty. She is very calm throughout this, by the way. And I think it has to do with the youth crisis training, which again, we see like she's sort of unwavering and she's not going to flip out when she doesn't have the facts yet. Yes. Um. So Hunter makes a split decision in the car. They're going to take Brooke to Eric's house. We'll go to Eric's place. He's a little closer. Look, look my parents I won't be back until later tonight, right? It's perfect. Brooke, are you up here? Brooke, honey, are you here? So Shannon sees the mess in the bathroom and clearly knows that something terrible has happened. She calls Rich's stepdad, another point where the police could have been called, and um, he's going to come home because he's golfing, and he tells her to track the phone. Yes, and also tells her to call the police, but she's not calling the police because a mother can do it better. Did you find her? Not yet. But I tracked her phone. I'm going to head there right now. Shannon, you need to call the police. I'm 10 minutes from her. I'll find her before they will. Shannon, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving now. I'm going to call you as soon as I find her. Shannon. So the guys pull up to Eric's house, and this is a really nice house, too. Really nice house. I mean, I feel like these people, like you said, live in Valley Village or like Calabasas, or I don't know, but it's nice. Rob Eric's parents. I could not agree more, but the problem is, is that now that they already have Brooke, it's like, what are they I do? know. And and Brooke is kind of like, just let me go. <laughs> like, yeah, these are my, like, like, you actually don't have to do this. <laughs> he's in my history class. I feel like I could just like get out and walk home at this point. Um, so Hunter asks for rope. Oh gosh. And then they have this just escalation of plans, basically. How much you think she's worth? Meaning what now? No clue. No clue, either of you. I'm sure her parents have a pretty good idea. Okay, so I guess, you know, I was like, yeah, that's not 18 grand. But, you know, mm -hmm. it is probably 18 grand. Hmm. A pretty brunette girl with a rich stepdad. I And I have to say, I think that's aiming low. I think that if I were Hunter, I would I would seize on the opportunity and get as much as I could do. The guys tape her up completely. Hunter goes to make a call. Brooke pleads. I promise I won't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. If you just let me go right now, please. I didn't know this was going to happen. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Corey, please do This is when I start to be like, none of this needs to be happening. None yep. of this needs to be happening. Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. Like, it's just so wild and crazy. Because I, like, Hunter, something's going on there, obviously. At something's this up. point, Corey it seems like a reasonable, nice young man. Like, is he pulled a fire alarm, but it's just because he didn't stop. Like, he he does not give off juvenile delinquent vibes. Not at all, but I, I found myself saying his first name, like, you know, you are when you're in trouble, like your parents keep saying your name or something. I find I found myself kept being like, Corey, pull over the car. Corey, yeah. just pull over the car. Corey, untaper. Corey, I kept doing that. <sighs> yes, I'm truly disappointed in him. So then Metallica, that dude, the scraggly herd guy, is uh, on the phone and he says they found Barkley, who is dead, in the alley, which is the bald man, presumably. Yeah. So Eric, lip balm, wants to cut Brooke loose, which is the first right thing he's done so far. I can't, I can't, I can't. Hey, what are you doing? Cutting her loose, man. No, we can't do that. We can't do this. I'm sorry, but we're holding a girl for a ransom. Your brother has lost it. And look, even if she goes to the cops, we gotta tell them the truth about your brother. Yeah, but we were the ones who led him to her. And dude, and dude, he's my brother. 
Corey, why would you do this? Hunter sucks. Sucks. He's so obviously bad. It's two against one. And I know he has a gun and seems deranged, but it's like, yeah. So then Shannon finds Brooke's phone and it's in a bush on someone's lawn and not just any bush. This is the bush of the meanest old woman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Mean as hell. Can I help you? Excuse me. And we were keeping my daughter. In the bushes? Who's your daughter? Okay, and then Shannon gets a text from a number that she like does not have stored. I think it was unknown. Um, and it says they have Brooke and they give her a number to call. Then we are in Eric's kitchen and it is full marble. Marble backsplash. Gorgeous. We're talking marble counter that then like goes down the side. And Fabulous. I'm like, let Brooke go and kidnap Eric. Just take this marble, take it to someone who deals in quarries Cut and you'll get all your off. Money. Yeah. That you could just Come cut on. the side off. I bet that's 18K. That's right. <laughs> oh, for sure it is. But I'm just like, I, the whole time I'm like, everyone here is rich. Why did we pick Brooke? I guess totally. they thought she was gone, but it's like, take Eric. Yeah. Unbelievable. So then Shannon FaceTimes Hunter and, and uh, well, FaceTimes Brooke, really. Yeah. And she sees that Brooke is completely tied up. Hunter runs a knife along her face. And at this point, Brooke does have tape over her mouth even. And then he says, I see you got my message. I will give you anything. Good. I want $250,000 by midnight. Which, again, I, I think was the right move. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do You said like shoot this. the stars in two fifty. It's like, it's manageable. Yeah. And it's more than the 18K. <laughs> Definitely. And then he cuts a piece of her hair and says to Shannon that if she contacts the cops, the deal is off. And at this point, it's 1.17 p.m. And we know that because they've set it. Yeah. So we, yeah, we set off on this sort of like ticking clock that's happening. It was funny because Corey is the one holding the phone and Hunter's like, make sure you don't show my face. And he does like a good, at any moment I thought he was gonna, like I wouldn't have been able to do it because Hunter's like moving a lot. Like I definitely would have gotten his face in the call. No, if Corey hadn't made so many wrong decisions so far, like he could absolutely, he deserves to live in LA and seek a job as a director of photography. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. So they take the tape off Brooke's mouth. Eric goes to get a broom to clean up the hair. And I'm like, Eric is a good boy who's like respectful of his parents' house. And he knows how m- much that marble costs. You know yeah. What I mean? no. Hey, what are you doing? Dude, we gotta call the cops. Oh, you're not doing that. It's my brother, Eric. He's also a deranged maniac. Yeah, okay. He's not a murderer. We'll get the money. It'll be like the Lindbergh baby. And then Mama. Eric is like, you dumbass. You didn't study for the quiz. The Lindbergh baby died. Mike drop. What? This is why education is paramount. It is. Even, even when you're, especially when you're a teen. Study for the quizzes, kids. I'm like, was Corey rationalizing all of this around the Lindbergh baby? <laughs> he's he jay's not the one that should be yelling i'm not smart Corey should it resonates to this day i gotta tell you that story so then the stepdad andrew gets home he says he wants to call the police this is like the fifth time he suggested this but yeah. shannon still says no she wants to solve this on her own and they told her not to call the police and she wants to stick to that and she says 
liquidate your accounts. Call in favors, do whatever you have to do. I am gonna try to figure out who these kidnappers are. What are you talking about? Brooke's been his stepdaughter for like a week. You yeah, know? Not to mention, I'm actually kind of on Andrew's side here because she does sort of seem like she's taking this out on Andrew and is like, you've got money, use it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yes, he does have money. He also was just golfing in the middle of the day. He's clearly rich. He's a white man. I'm sure the police will hop to it for him. Yep, yep. <sighs> okay, so Hunter and Corey are going to move Brooke. They're going to take her from Eric's house to their place. Which is a cardinal, you should never go to the second location, which Brooke couldn't help, but now they're going to a third location, and it, it, it that only it bodes terribly. A lot of moving. A lo- uh, There's also a lot of time where she could be outside screaming. Like, it's yes. like, it's stupid of Hunter and Corey to move her, too. Totally agree. Okay, so Shannon is just running around the neighborhood ragged at this point. She's just ask, going up to neighbors, that, and she's new in this neighborhood, too, so people don't even know who she is. I think they think she's weird or something, because it is the unfriendliest neighborhood in America, by far. No, everyone just looks at her like she's absolutely crazy and that she's wasting their time. And we see the time ticking by. Like, we're getting kind of... I never watched the show 24, but I do think there was a device like this used. This was definitely... I mean, I never saw it either, but I can say with 100%, I'll risk my life, and I will put my life on it and say that, yes, there was. Okay, yes. Okay, so... Corey and Hunter and Brooke get into the car. They realize that Eric left his skateboard. Love that detail. <laughs> Love it. And by the way, I, I never pictured Eric as a skateboarder, but I like him for it. I think it's probably something he picked up to be like, I need something. Yeah. So Hunter's like, listen, I'll bring it back to him. And I'm like, no, this is not good. So mm-hmm. now Corey and Brooke are alone in the car and Hunter leaves the gun with Corey. And then Hunter, he doesn't go to the front door. He goes around the back and sneaks in through the sliding door. And at this point, I'm like, the pe- these people in these rich houses need to start locking their sliding doors. I feel like they never locked them. That's but how listen. Hunter got into Brooks. That's how they got into Eric's. So Brooke is like begging for her life with Corey, basically being like, just let me go, dude. Just let me go. Because this is really Corey's perfect opportunity to let her go because Hunter's nowhere to be seen and he's in a car. He could just drive off. Just let me go. This isn't you. Ever since my mom left us, he's taken care of me. I understand. I wouldn't have made it without him. He's all I got. I won't turn my back on him. Okay. So that, I, I mean, guess. I guess that sort of answers the question that we've been like, what is going through Corey's mind? Yeah. And so then he points the gun directly in her face. And this is where Corey has taken it a step too far. And I've crossed over into actively not liking him. Which yeah. Is, you never a good sign. So then Shannon and the stepdad notice from the video, the FaceTime video, that Hunter has a tattoo. Andrew, I see something. It looks like some kind of... A snake or a serpent. Okay, if we can identify that tattoo. Then we could find her kidnapper. And so then she feels like this is a lead to find the kidnapper. And she thinks of someone who might know a thing or two about tattoos. The tattoo crew queen herself, Jade. The tattooed crew queen without any <laughs> tattoos. She, she might know. She runs with a rough tattoo crew. So then Eric calls his parents. He's kind of cowering and like he's about to call his parents. And then Hunter sneaks up on him and sees this happen. Corey doesn't know you as well as he thinks he does, does he? 
I wasn't gonna. Your parents are gone for the day. They leave you here by yourself. Try to clean the place up a little bit. This is freak fashion. Okay, um, I'm nervous for Eric, so let's take a break. And hopefully when we come back, Eric and Hunter will just have a calm conversation about this. Definitely. It'll, it'll all get sorted out, Megan, I promise. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, and we're back. Um, that is not what happened. Hunter starts to choke <laughs> Eric and then bashes him in the head with his own skateboard. Horrible. R.I.P. Eric. I think he's dead. And I just want to know, who's going to clean that house without him? He uh, was on it with the broom and the dusting pan. I mean, he was on it. And the thing is, if he hadn't forgotten his skateboard, he would have called his parents and been like, um, hey, Corey and his crazy brother kidnapped a girl and they would have found her. Yep. Uh, I just did not think. I, and so now I feel bad that I called him a hater for the first half of the film because he is. I do, too. But dead I got to say. Skateboard. True, true, true. Not a good way to go. But also, like, even before calling his parents, he should have called 911. These kids, these kids are not, listen, they're not fully cooked yet. They're teens, you know? Okay. So Hunter comes back to the car and I think he's killed Eric. Um, And he's like, okay, now we're going home. And so then we cut to Shannon. She's back at the youth center. Does she have the job yet? No. And she tells Jade the story. This is my daughter. Her name is Brooke. She's been kidnapped, and I'm trying to find her. For real? Yes, for real. Then why the hell didn't you call the cops? Because they said they'd kill her if I did. So it's just me and my husband. What do you need me for? Shannon shows her the tattoo, and Jade says she doesn't know that tattoo. And then Shannon says, tattoo crew, another hilarious amount. My favorite is when she goes, Jade, I know you want to protect your tattoo crew. <laughs> I love it. I love her so much. Okay, so then Shannon brings up Jade's mom, and Jade is pissed. And it's <laughs> not because her mom died. It's because her mom sucked. <laughs> she sounded awful. Jade is, like, not having anything to do with her mom. No. So Shannon pleads with her, and we just see that now it's 6.11 p.m., and we are counting on Jade, but it's just, like, frozen on Jade's face. Yep. So then all of the kidnapped crew, Hunter, Corey, no longer Eric. No. Get back to Hunter and Corey's. Of, of course, they still have Brooke. Hunter leaves Corey and Brooke again. Corey, please. It, it'll be all right. Please. Just take my word for it. It's not giving them away. 
Stop! Won't shoot me. Brooke tries to run, but he doesn't shoot her. Instead, he just chases her down and basically pistol whips her. With I the know. Gun. It's getting wild, though. But then he's immediately able to wake her up. <laughs> That's true. She just maybe she fainted from the shock of it and not necessarily the trauma of it. Ugh. I don't know. So Shannon's still trying to convince Jade to help. And Jade is just, you know, she's got tattoo crew vibes. She's unwavering. She's she's unshakable until, as you put it, Megan, we get this great audition monologue. What do I want? I want to live in the same place for more than a year. I want a mom like you who'd do anything for her kid. I want a normal life. I know. I know you do, Jade. I get it. But... If you're willing to trust me, I will do whatever it takes to find that for you. There's this girl named Skylar. She's a couple years older than me. We used to party together. She's into tattoos and stuff. Can I talk to her, please? She works at Rabble Rouser. It's a tattoo parlor downtown. She's working tonight. Wow. <sighs> There's always a girl named Skylar, isn't there? There is. Um, there is. And good news, Skylar is working tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Hunter's mad that Corey didn't shoot Brooke, which is such a weird strategy for a kidnapped like victim, because like, yeah. if, you, if you kill her, you don't get the money. And it's I like mean, Hunter is like intent on foiling his own plan. Yes, and it's like you two dopes definitely don't know how to shoot someone and then keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hunter gives Corey a pep talk while Brooke listens from the car. I'm doing this for both of us. This money is going to change everything. You're sure? Yes, definitely. I mean, we could finally get out of this debt. You know, get some new cars. You know, you could even go to college or whatever. But I need you to hang in there and do what needs to be done, okay? And then she spots that there's like a cell phone that was left in there, either Hunter or Corey's. So she starts to text her mom. And I'm like, no, 911, bitch. You think I was going to save you? Get away from me, you disgust me. I would just calm down. I get that money, you're all mine. I'm going to do whatever I want to And then Hunter snatches it, throws it, and she spits in his face. Yes, okay, girl. girl. You think this is some kind of game we're playing? Think again, princess. Hunter, stop. Now, I know you. Stop. I know what you're like. You think you're Hunter. better than us because you have lots of money? Is that it? Stop. You got your big houses and your fancy cars? You think you're something special? So he starts strangling her, and Corey has to pull Hunter off of Brooke before he can kill her. Corey tries to console her, and she's like, no, you you are also kidnapping me. You're no longer a good guy. No. You're maybe good. You're, you're maybe the good one of the two, but you are a horrible person, and you were supposed to be my only friend. Yeah, we were going to go on a date. Later that evening, at exactly 7.25 p.m., which we know, of course, because it's displayed, Shannon gets to the tattoo parlor, and Skylar, as far as I'm concerned, can get it any way she wants. She is H-O-T. Yes. She is giving off hot bi or lesbian tattoo gal. A- absolutely. Like Ruby Rose. Yes. The whole, just like, st- she's a stunner. Yes. And so Shannon says, have you ever given anyone a tattoo that's either a snake or a serpent? She shows her the tattoo of Hunter, or she yeah. doesn't know it's Hunter yet, but the uh-huh. arm. And Skylar. 
You can't really tell much about it. I mean, snakes are pretty popular, you know? It's definitely not my work. I can tell by the way it's shaded. Do you have any idea whose work it might be? And she's so matter of fact about it. She's like, I mean, that could be Vern's. And she's like, who's Vern? And Skylar goes, he's a loan shark who runs an underground poker game. I wrote that line down too. And I loved it. <laughs> and it's I like, loved it. okay, well, it's definitely that guy. So like, whether sure. this looks like one of his tattoos or not, this is a man who it, it runs an underground poker game and is a loan shark. And I got to tell you, in no world did I think his name was going to be Vern. No. But I get why he has such you know, anger issues. Yeah. So yeah. Shannon shows up at Vern's house because I'm guessing Skylar has the address because it's like Skylar's been invited places. Um, Definitely. And then she shows Vern the tattoo and he is not good for running a poker game. His poker face is very bad. <laughs> like it's very clear that he knows who the tattoo is. Are you Max Werner? What are you selling? Girl Scout cookies or something? I'm trying to find my daughter. She was kidnapped today. And maybe you know something about the guy who took her. Okay. I just uh, need you to look at this photo. Do you recognize this? What's going on? Come on, let's talk somewhere a little more private. So those two, Shannon and Vern, I mean, the oddest couple of all time, they go off to talk in the in the pooled backyard. Yes. And they he tells Gina not to come. Gina, by the way, is the blonde who was sort of lazing about earlier. Yes. Glad to see her still there. Me too. And so suddenly we're back at Hunter and Corey's and Corey's like on watch to see what's going on. And, but then Hunter comes in, but cut back to Shannon and Vern at the pool. Vern is making eyes at her. They're in his backyard. He all of a sudden freaks out and pulls a knife on Shannon and says, I'm a businessman. What's it worth to you? What do, what do you mean? What do you mean? How much is it worth to you? Anything. Whatever you want. I like the sound of that. Let's finish this upstairs. Let's go. But she pushes him in the pool and she runs for her life. He, he, by the way, falls in fully dressed, which means it's going to be a slow climb out of that pool. <laughs> yeah, because he's one of those skinny guys that's got like kind of like loose jeans. So exactly. it's, they're taking on a lot of water. Definitely. She was smart to do that. She was smart to do that. Bought her some time. So then Hunter and Corey are leaving the room and they lock Brooke inside. And once they're out of earshot, she tries to open the window. She's very clever, but she can't. So then she looks over and she sees a picture of Hunter and Corey as children with their mom. And I just like to add that the room that she's being held in is a guest room of some sort. And it's quite lovely. Spotless. Yeah. Um, so Shannon is now fleeing Vern's backyard and then his girlfriend pops up and she's like, I might know something about the guy you're looking for. The one who took your daughter. Get in. Now. What? Get in now. Okay, I'll explain. Go. And then Gina just does. <laughs> she absolutely, I mean, she, I have to say, she doesn't really think twice about it. She sort of lazes over there and kind of a daze. And you realize later it's because, you know, she has a flask. So I think she's a little bit, a little bit drunk, maybe. And, and maybe Shannon just has this effect on girls, you know, down on their luck. She's got that certain something that teens and young people trust. Yeah. So Corey is making a peanut butter and jelly for Brooke. Too little, too late, Corey. And then Hunter yeah. makes fun of him for making her a sandwich. What are you doing? She must be hungry by now. Oh, yeah. And what'd you make for me? Thanks. But then he calls it delicious. And I got to tell you, I want Oh, yeah. 
a PBJ hits. Nothing's better. Nothing's better. Okay. So now Gina's in the car. She drinks from her flask. And then she says, There's a guy uh, who comes around. He has a kind of tattoo you talked about. Who is he? (laughs) Said too much already. No, please. He's going to be so mad at me. Tell me, please. And Shannon hands her a wad of cash. And Gina's like, okay, his name is Hunter. I don't know his last name, but we went to high school together. And Shannon's like, what high school? And she says, Rosedale, which is Brooks High School, too. And then Gina gives Shannon some hard truths from the streets. What are you going to do now? The usual. Tell Vern I went to go buy a pack of cigarettes and I got lost on my way. You don't have to go back, you know. Yeah, I do. My life's not a fairy tale, lady. Vern may be a jerk, but he keeps a roof over my head. Oh, my God. First of all, I love that her go-to is, I got lost on the way back from getting cigarettes. (laughs) And and he seems to buy it so far every time up until this. He's he's bought buys a hook, line, and sinker that she gets lost getting cigarettes. You know what? Only smart people can play dumb, and that's why I think Gina's brilliant. Also, they're up in the hills. It's like, who? where are you walking, Gina? What are you talking and about? And how have you not been attacked by coyotes, raccoons, skunks? I mean, like, you live in dangerous territory yeah. at night. I do love that Jade and Gina have had energy of like, Shannon, you dumb rich bitch, you don't know anything. And it drives me crazy because they again, I'll say it again. Shannon has seen life from both sides, but they don't know they that. They run food stamps. They used to be poor too, but they don't know that. They just think she's a dumb rich lady. And it's important to note that Shannon's hair has held up so gorgeously throughout she's this entire flawless. day. Perfect. Thick she's perfect. waves. Like it was yeah. wanded. It just looks real. And I think that's probably not helping her cause with. The Genas and the Jades of the world. She's wearing a loose red and blue linen pant. Oh I mean, my she god! Really, just flows through life in a way that's magnificent. She she looks so cute. It's very Ann Taylor Loft, but it was so funny yes. when Vern was like, "Let's go upstairs." <laughs> like it's like it's I a, know. I thought that too. I thought that too. It's an outfit I would totally wear and be like, "Why is no one hitting on me?" And then it's like, "Oh, <laughs> because so I look like a mom." Because you're wearing like, like palazzo pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so we see it's now 8.52. Tick tock, tick tock. So Gina, she gets back to Vern's and he looks through her purse for the cigarette she says she bought and got lost from. But instead, he finds the money that Shannon gave her and he flips out about it. This isn't part of your allowance. Who gave this to you, huh? Am I talking to myself? Who gave it to you? The lady that was here. What would you tell her? What did you tell her? Well, Gina, I thought you had a foolproof plan. Me too. And Gina, I was a little upset with Gina because Gina's clearly a very smart girl. And what I would have said is like, look, oh, don't worry about it. I got this money because I robbed that rich lady who found out about the tattoo crew. Like, I absolutely would have just said, been totally, Yeah, well, she you know, was I would have in the bragged backyard. about the fact that I was resourceful. Yeah, well, she was in the backyard. I went in a Range Rover. You're smart. No kidding. You're smart. No you're, kidding. you're a man of the streets. Yep. Okay, yep. so then... Corey brings Brooke half of a sandwich. This is like the fourth thing that he's done to be like, hey, I'm still Corey. And she's like, no, I don't want your damn sandwich. Get away from me. You kidnapped me. So she gets Corey to start talking about his mom, remember from the picture, who also he hated. Yes. I must really miss her. Or to really miss someone when they're home every third night. 
even when she was, she reeked like booze or worse. But Hunter took care of me. Is that why you're so loyal to him? You have no idea. You have a mom. You have a really nice house. You have everything. You don't understand people like us. Their house is gorgeous, Hunter and Corey. Yes. So it doesn't make much sense. Lovely. So Lovely. So then Brooke tells him, look, Hunter's not putting you first, Corey. This, he's a monster. You're not. But he just storms out. So then back to Shannon, who's giving the stepdad, Andrew, who could liquidate all his assets, but hasn't yet. I don't but think. But he's close. He's close. He says he's close he's, to getting the money. He's close to liquidating all his accounts. Uh, he says, like, look. That's great news. I don't know where to find him. At least not yet. Okay, Shannon. Let's take this to the police now. With the name and the tattoo, I'm sure they can help us. So this is like the 12th time he said it, but she <laughs> still doesn't want to do it. I mean, he's that's literally, he has like 10 lines in this movie and nine of them are, you should call the police. <laughs> so then she sees a number on the ski trip flyer that was handed to Brooke by Fiona and she calls Fiona. So she meets up with Fiona. Do you know somebody by the name of Hunter? There's a girl named Hunter. She's a freshman. No, no, it's a boy. Look at this tattoo. Have you seen it before? No, don't think so. Oh, wait. Brooke had lunch with his kid, Corey, yesterday. Corey Gilbert. He's kind of shady, dangerous even. Maybe Where, he... where would I find Corey? Oh, gosh. I don't know where he lives. I'm sorry. But wait. Maybe this will help. And then she brings up a picture of Corey to show what he looks like. And Shannon, who knows how to look up and down at a teen, sees the edge of that arm tattoo in the photo of Corey. So then... She goes, do you know who this is? Who is this? Who hangs out with Corey? He hangs out with this kid, Eric. He lives a couple blocks away. You find Eric, you find Corey. How do I get there? Fiona, by the way, this whole time is totally put out by, by helping her, yet she's the friendliest to Shannon of anyone in this city. Even though she's poor-shamed Corey, she was so rude to Brooke, but no one seems to be invested in finding Brooke because they're punk teens. But Fiona actually rises to the occasion here. Yeah, I think probably because Shannon has pretty hair. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, honestly, I bet that's as deep as it goes with Fiona. Yeah. Meanwhile, Corey is trying to call Eric because he does not know that he's dead. Um, and now it's 1025. Tick tock, tick tock. Shannon shows up to Eric's house because it's like in the neighborhood and Fiona was able to tell her who he was. And his parents still aren't home. And I'm like, what do Eric's parents do for a living? Doctors? What do both of them do? They must be doctors. Because they must be it's doctors. It's 1030 at night. Or bouncers. But I don't think they are. I don't no, I don't think they're bouncers. So he doesn't answer the door, um, again, because he's dead. And so she goes around to the back, which we know is open. And the <laughs> patio door is still unlocked because, <laughs> surprise, he did not get up and lock it because he's nope. dead. Yeah. <sighs> Meanwhile, we cut back. Hunter is bothering Brooke. Little Miss Perfect. Fancy life. Yeah. I'll give you back to your mom. But until then, I own you. <laughs> and it's like, Corey, can you at least tell Hunter that she used to be on food stamps, please? So Shannon finally sees the chair, the, the chair from the beginning, the early aughts, mid aughts dining room chair. And she sees it, that it's taped up. And that's the chair that Brooke was in. So then Vern is calling Hunter's phone, being like, what the hell is going on? But Corey answers. Hello? What the hell are you up to, Hunter? This is Corey, Hunter's brother. Yeah, well, your brother's got himself in a real mess with that girl. Wait, how'd you know about that? How do you think? Vern is like, what happened to that lady's girl or whatever? <laughs> so now we're totally between scenes. Shannon 
finds Eric's dead body, freaks out, of course. Meanwhile, Hunter is trying to hurt Brooke, and Vern tells them, The girl's mom, if she found me, chances are she could find you too. So Shannon is calling the stepdad from Eric's. He still is urging her to call the police. She won't do it. I don't know how they're married, to be honest with you, because there's no communication here. No. But she finds Corey's address and she tells her husband, I'm driving out there. And he's like, that's Deep Valley. It's on like North Drive or whatever. Yeah. She goes, I don't really care. And the stepdad is like, no problem. But just so you know, I'm the one who has all the money. (laughs) And I have the 250K ready to go. Ready to go in my pocket, burning a hole. Then Hunter throws Brooke on the bed. And I was worried about this. I didn't want it to come to this, but now we've come to this. And then Corey barges in and he's pissed because he's like, that was my day. Your friend Vern called. Brooke's mom came by his house. What? Why would she go there? Why didn't she just get the damn money? What, What is she doing? I thought you were more careful. Not careful enough. Your mom's gonna get you killed. Hunter, leave her alone. It's not her fault. None of this is her fault. So Corey starts trying to finally talk some sense into Hunter, who at this point, I'm like, Hunter's dumb. Like, you needed to start this process like a long time ago. Like, this plan has clearly blown up. And now his responses kill her like we just heard the dad has the 250k ready to go Corey is not looking back and definitely not listen to reason and they say money talks but it doesn't talk to hunter so shannon pulls up to the house and she pulls up right as hunter says they need to get rid of brooke and it's like what you are the worst kidnapper i've ever seen um and then Shannon takes out, I think it's a tire iron. Yes. I don't know what that is, but that is what they called it. Yes. So then the stepdad, finally, his moment has come. And guess what he does, Megan? Calls the police. Yeah, it's my stepdaughter. She's been, uh, uh, she's been kidnapped and my wife has gone after her. I'm concerned about both of them. And I think I know where they are. It's unbelievable but this is really a big moment for him for standing his ground against shannon and going with the law and so then he gives them Corey's address so the police we presume are now absolutely on their way i'm so proud of andrew for this yeah then hunter finds shannon who's been lurking and he immediately takes her as a hostage too he brings her into brooke look who i found mom brooke oh honey we need to talk now. And then Hunter says he's going to take Shannon back to the stepdad's house to get the money and he's going to leave Brooke with Corey. No, so once again, that's, Corey, that doesn't this even is make not sense. a foolproof plan. It doesn't because Corey's only messed this up in the past. What are you talking about, Hunter? Yeah, Hunter, honestly, you have way too much faith in your little brother who can't seem to get it right. Also, Shannon seems like a bitch who's ready to roll out of a moving car. You know, like it's like no doubt about it. So he goes to tie Brooke up. Shannon turns off the lights and then they kick Hunter to the like they create this like distraction. They kick Hunter the, to the ground and then Brooke runs to escape. But Shannon is like wedging Hunter in between the back of the door and the wall. And she will not leave. Like she's like, run, Brooke, run. Mom, what are you doing? Let's go. Brooke, just go. Go now. Go. Go. I know. And Brooke's like, what about you? But she's just, she's doing the wedge. She's absolutely doing the wedge. And I got to tell you, when they kick Hunter, they kick Hunter. These are high kicks. These ladies are Clydesdale level high stompers. They used to be poor. Okay. The, The ragtag from the streets. So Corey grabs Brooke and Shannon tries to reason with him and does this, which God bless her for playing this card. I know that you're not a killer like your brother. He's never killed anyone. And none of this would have happened if you just 
did what he told you to do. Listen to me. He killed Eric. Don't you know that? What are you talking about? I'm sorry, Gory. Come on, this is your last chance to do the right thing. Yeah, it sure is. So then Hunter comes out of the room after the wedge and the kicks. He grabs Brooke, and then Corey is like, hold on. Did you kill Eric? Yeah. Because Shannon told me you killed Eric. Yeah. Hunter's like, no, no. What did they tell you that? Come on, Corey. I've always done what's best for us, right? Always have, haven't I? Don't listen to him, Corey. He's lying to you. Stay out of this. Did you kill my best friend? Why? Why? What did you do? He was going to rat us out, Corey. All right? I wasn't going to let that happen. We'd be in a prison cell right now. Think about it, okay? We hear the sounds of police sirens. There's a struggle between the group. Stan! Don't move! Shannon winds up with the gun. She aims it at Hunter. And then the police come in. They save the day as the clock strikes what midnight just like cinderella this is a cinderella story no it is funny to me that Corey's like wait hunter killed someone it's like what he he killed two people in the last 12 hours (laughs) also you basically saw him kidnap a person who called you her her only friend beat her up with the gun harass her and all of a sudden you're you're out because eric's dead yeah that was just really, I mean, like he and Eric must have been true, true friends. Thank God Shannon let it slip. Because I don't even think, I think Shannon didn't even know that that was like a trump card. I think she just like. Nope, I don't think she did either. I think it's just when he had the reaction of like, he's not a killer. And she's like, um, <laughs> uh, you didn't see skateboard to the head. Yeah. Okay. So Corey and Hunter are cuffed. Now, when I heard the police, I was like, oh no, this is going to blow everything up. And like Shannon was like, right. But it turns out stepdad Andrew was. I guess they were both right because Shannon kept saying, like, don't call them, don't call them. And then Andrew did call them and they did need to show up. They always show up at the last second. Like, they didn't have to do any detective work. Andrew said, hello, I'm Andrew Warbucks and go to this Mm -hmm. address and my hot wife and my hot stepdaughter will be there with two boys. Yep. Okay. So then we cut to six months later. We're at Andrew and Shannon and Brooke's house. And guess who's there? No longer with the tattoo crew, I assume, Jade. Why can't Jade have both? That's what I feel like. If Skylar's part of the tattoo crew, first of all, she's gorgeous and talented and smart. I don't understand why Skylar can't be in Jade's crew, why Jade can't be in the tattoo crew and in the rich home. Right, because Skylar didn't like Vern. It's not like Vern is like the top dog. She's like, oh, that guy sucks. Yeah. So, and we find out that Jade's going to go to college. Wow. So Shannon and Andrew went shopping for a ski trip. Yep. You know, obviously Brooke didn't get to go on the unchaperoned one because she did get kidnapped her first day of school, but she yeah. is going to get to go on a ski trip with her mom and stepdad. So it will be chaperoned, which I, I has my stamp of approval. I think she needs to be chaperoned from here on out. Me too. Um, Me too. And Jade's foster parents applied for adoption. At the age of 17 years and nine months. You know what? Just in the nick of time. To pay for college. To go (laughs) off to college. Exactly. They're like, we can be your parents for two months. I thought maybe Shannon had just been like fostering her. Not that like they found her foster parents and now they're adopting her. 
I mean, <laughs> Jade may be the latest adoption in California state history. Thrilled for her. And like you said, they're probably going to pay for her college. She'll have somewhere to go home during the holidays. I'm, I'm, look, I'm all for it. Better late than never. But you're right. This was probably the latest appearing adoption in the history of California. So Jade is like, you kept your promise. And then Jade and Brooke hug. So they're friends. And then Brooke calls her mom a superhero. And everyone is safe and happy and going skiing. And I have to tell you, the thing that was the most moving at all was at the very bitter end, just as the credit, the music is swelling, the credits are about to roll, Brooke says, uh, oh, you bought those socks. And then the very last line of the movie before we cut to black is, those socks will make your feet sweat. Wow. That was a great way to end I it. I mean, it's a comedy. The whole thing has been a romp. <laughs> so, uh, so, I appreciated that. Two dead bodies, big bald and Eric, rest in peace. Um, yeah. I hope, I, I guess there will be justice for them. I wonder how long Hunter is serving. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's all I could think was how long is Hunter serving and how long is Corey serving? Yeah. Because Corey's a minor. You know, he may testify against his brother since he killed his best friend. So it's like Corey may be like out pretty quick. I hope so. He's well, like, I'm going skiing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys. They Ride adopted him. Trip. Not cool. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, because Shannon's very forgiving of teenagers. Wow. Okay. So we had a deranged older brother in that film, and that means we needed to find an older brother not deranged. (laughs) Good. Really has it together. I would say intense. But we are going to ask my own big brother, who is the hunter and who is the quarry? And I have a feeling I'm not going to like his answer. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Okay, we are now being joined by my older brother, Michael Gailey. I love it. A tr- Hello. A true thrill. And um, <laughs> I, Michael, I appreciate you doing this. Are are your kids in bed? Yeah, uh, they're getting there. They just got back from some outdoor art thing. Did you tell them that you had to go do something for Aunt Megan's work? I didn't because then they'd want to come in here and say hi. <gasps> oh, my God. I wish. I wish. So they think you're doing no, no, something no. for work. That's right. Okay. Michael, have you ever watched a Lifetime film? I don't. I don't think so. I'm I'm aware of them. I respect them as like a long-standing phenomenon, but I don't I don't think so. So when people ask what your sister does, do you what do you say? I I mean, a lot of people know what you do and then but when people know a little bit about you and they ask what you do, recently I say, I'm like, yeah, she's got her her hands in lots of different stuff. She's doing podcasts, <laughs> she's writing. I did have I had a, a, a friend of mine and client, she pinged me and said, Oh my gosh, I, I saw your sister on this week's podcast, XYZ, a different one. And she, she said, yeah, she seems to know a ton about Lifetime movies. This was like an unprompted, just random comment from a friend. And I said, yes, yes, yes. There's a different thing. She does a Lifetime podcast also. Yes. 
I love that. I have to say, whenever someone asks me what I do, um, I feel like I can only name one thing because otherwise I sound crazy. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what do you go she, for? Well, because it is like, oh, I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. I'm an actor. Like, it's just like, okay, but you actually, if you're saying that many things, you don't do any of you're them. You're not good ah. at any of them. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And yeah. so it's funny that you said, well, she does a lot of things because that actually is true. But I wonder if that makes her. The thing is you have enough. to have a diversified portfolio these days. Thank you. But yes, oh, the, clearly. the more things on the business card, the less successful someone seems. That's fabulous. I have a really hard-hitting question to ask each of you. Oh, nice. And don't answer honestly because it might have legal ramifications, but you can if you want. I pose it to both of you. Michael, if Megan kidnapped someone and tied them up in order to get money and she brought you in on it and you knew about it, would you call the authorities? And again, you can answer honestly or you can lie. You know. Or you don't have to comment. I think we can get, I think we can get away with it. I want okay. no harm to be done to the person. Got it. Got it. And uh, I think I'm good. I'm, I think I'm in. Megan, would you call the authorities? Um, No, I was. I, no, when you're the youngest, you're just like, OK, whatever. Like, you just want your older siblings to think you're cool. And so you kind of, you know, like I definitely had tattling years, but I feel like I got out of it pretty quickly. I'm trying to remember because we have an we have another older brother. Brian, you're the youngest too. I'm middle. I do have a younger sister. Michael's and I'm middle an older too. Okay. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm the same setup. I wanted to say, Megan, any harm I did to you, I was only doing that to try to impress Ryan, our oldest brother. I have to say, in defense of Michael, it is a precarious thing being a middle child because you were trying you. to protect the younger, but kind also of. impress the older. Yeah. Middle child, I think, has the, you guys have the strongest case for it being terrible. Um, like, when people hear I'm the baby, they're like, of course. And then I'm like, I'm the baby and the only girl. And they're like, we knew that already. <laughs> um, and my husband is a baby. And I always say, like, two babies should never marry each other because <laughs> nothing gets done. Like, we just, like, look at dishes and are like, where's mom? Right. Um, but, like, yeah, give us, what what is the hardest part about being the middle child and what is the best part? Because there's got to be something good too. The hardest part is, I think, the peacemaking, or at least it was for constant. me. Yeah. yeah, constant. You're constantly like negotiating and trying to like smooth things over. And oh, I yeah. guess the best part about it is, well, it depends. So, well, no, there wasn't a best part. To no, <laughs> I just can't. I'm sure there was. I just can't think of it. I think uh, I think they don't maybe don't notice you as much. Your parents in a good way. Like, I think for me, my brother was always getting in trouble. So they were more focused on him than me in those years. I mean, he's only a year older, so they were a little more focused on him. And then my sister was the obvious, also the only girl. So they were like monitoring her all the time. Oh, I, yeah. think I, I think I slipped through the cracks in a good way a little bit more. Michael, what about any, you, Michael? any positives? Positives, yeah, certainly the constant peacemaking. I remember always, I was, Ryan was violent with me. I love him. <laughs> right, uh, no, for but, sure. But yeah, Ryan tortured me as a child. He was two and a half years older. Uh, but I still wanted to impress him all the time and do what he did. And I, so I, I would take his lead and, and pester Megan sometimes. But I would also try to keep the peace between the two of them. Yep. And then, of course, our parents, God love them, hated each other for a decade. So I try <laughs> to keep the peace. And they're still together. It's excellent. I would try to keep the peace between them, between Ryan and Megan, between everyone. I think the the silver lining is that as we became adults, I still like I'm not actively acting as a middle child, 
but the various family members will come to me as though I'm like to like to like pitch me on something like, hey, what do you think about this issue I'm having with this other person in the family? They come to me like I know better and I'm gonna make it good. So there's there, there's some power. There's some power now. There is some power and they entrust you. I don't want to say secrets because that's too strong, but they entrust you with they're like, I get a lot of like, don't tell your brother or like, don't tell da 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 da. But I get they they do come to me a lot. Uh, don't tell is, your like, brother. Um, I yeah. So I I do think that there's a plight for the youngest, too. And I say this because oh, Michael's already rolling his eyes. By the time I got to high school and well, we went to the same elementary school, middle school and high school. Michael and I only had overlap at the elementary school. My brothers were notorious in like a, a mostly a good way. But I got to high school and my brother, Michael, who's here with us now, I'm always like, I, I think for a year he was the coolest boy that went to our high school. Mm. I was in middle school, so I don't know. But, and I had braces, so it was not like a flying high time for me. No, but, there's no chance. I, I crapped out. A I couldn't make the regular tennis team senior year, so I got cut. Yeah, I but that's because you JV were so cool. So that's because right, you were right, doing right. cool stuff. And so right. then I got there freshman year and you hear like, oh, this cool guy's little sister's coming. And then everyone saw me and they were like, oh, <laughs> they were like so disappointed. And I was just like, I love tennis and theater. Um, and it took me like having to it really was difficult to be in both of their shadows. That's how I felt. Did you feel like you didn't get as much heat from like your fellow students because they knew you had two older brothers who were cool? I think I didn't fall into like the, and maybe it wasn't an option for me, but a lot of my friends dated guys that were like two years older than us. Like, so they were juniors when we were freshmen and they were just such losers. Like, even as a freshman, I was like, these guys, like, I remember one, like people thought he peed his pants and then he said it was Mountain Dew, just like losers. And so <laughs> the, whole grade, the whole grade, the whole grade was losers. And <laughs> since Michael had been two years older than them, he was like, do not talk to any of those men. And the truth is none of them wanted to talk to me, but I got to hold this like, I wouldn't date you even if you I looked love at it. me. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of my friends did. And I would like, I remember like telling Michael being like, someone says, and she, he was like, then I don't want you hanging out with her. <laughs> like she has bad judgment then. Inside intel. <laughs> yeah. But Michael, thank you so much for being here. You my are pleasure. not a deranged older brother. You thank are you. a- Good older brother. And since you did this and Ryan didn't, now you're the best older brother. We didn't even get a chance to drag him as no. I hoped. I thought this was going to be 10, 15 minutes of you and I just dragging his ass. No, because you know what? This is like when you would always be like, why don't you have any jokes about me? It's like, I don't like to kick <laughs> I don't like to kick people while they're down. You know, oh, just let him <laughs> coast on through. He's not going to listen anyways. He does great work. People are always like, who's the black sheep in your family? I'm like... We're all really good. I mean, we are kind of mean to my brother who did run for state Senate. And that does seem strange. You think I'm the black sheep? I mean, <gasps> Megan, we are. I mean, I am too. In a way. I mean, an, a kind of an unconventional path. I love it. I, I don't think you're the black sheep. I, I thought think I was some in, people might. I thought I was in pole position. Oh, my God. You're doing great. No, yeah, I take it back. You're doing great. You're doing uh, great. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I lease my car and I rent, but <laughs> all right, now I'm going to spiral as the black sheep. Um, okay, Michael, thank you so much. My pleasure. Good to nice see you Nice to meet you. You as well, Brian. Okay, that was great. At some point, we're going to run out of family members for me to have on this show. 
Are they all making appearances? My mom has been on. Now, one of my two brothers. And the thing is, I know my dad's itching to be on. Dads always are. You know? They love to be a little bit a part of the show. But I got to say, Megan, I learned not only a lot about your brother, but a lot about you. Well, that's what's really frightening. Now now it's like, can you at least just give me your brother's phone number so I can? How about I tape you up, run a knife down your cheek. Fair my enough. face won't be in it. And I just ask him questions while we FaceTime. But he does not know that I'm holding you hostage. That's fine. Except I have a feeling he will be like, oh, God, Brian's such a dumbass. What did he do? Uh, like he, he will be, he'll be on your side, maybe. That's what I'm worried about. Oh, my gosh. These but you might find out some some stuff that I've never shared with the world or stuff that uh, I won't acknowledge myself, you know? Wow. I am just now seeing the title for next week, and I'm so excited that we go from kidnapping to the perfect stalker. I mean, Stop it. Just some of my favorite genres, wham, bam, right in a row. Okay, the perfect stalker exists only in the imagination of Grace Winston, a woman who kills her husband. Okay. And then uses the imaginary character to get her neighbor to love and protect her. So she's got like a Munchausen thing along with being a murderess. Oh my God. I I am am so ready for this. I feel like I'm on her side. (laughs) Grace. uh, I I do love making up somebody. That is always fun. Yes. 100%. And like, is this, is this neighbor hot? I can't wait. Go to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast to sign up. If you haven't already, we've been telling you all the greatest films are on there and you know, the weather, you can just cozy up to a nice tall glass of the perfect stalker. I think it sounds like a great Eve. I agree. That is a beautiful, beautiful night. I will not be killing my husband after this. Um, but I can't make it. You promises. know what? I will be killing my imaginary <gasps> husband, much yes. like the perfect stalker might do. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Brian, yeah. thank you so much for being here again. I adore you. Thank you so much for having me. It's like the truly the highlight of my week to be able to watch a Lifetime movie and then talk about it with you. It's oh nice. my goodness. Okay. And now you've met as many members of my family as Naomi has. <laughs> Yes. I know. Oh God, we gotta get your dad on here. I've I gotta know. have something to 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 tell her when this is all over. You and Jeff with a G would really connect. I feel it. I know it. Um, okay, stalkers and kidnappers, thank you so much for being here, and we will see you next week. I love a lifetime movie. If you love lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder with Chris Boniello as editor and sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler with original music by Blake Maples and hosted by me, Megan Gailey. And me, Brian Safi. I hope you knew it was hosted by me. <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. 